Last week we looked at the Old Testament book of Isaiah as it foretold about the coming of the messenger John the Baptist and how John the Baptist would be the one to set the table, to set the stage for the arrival of, of the, the, the Messiah. We continue looking at the Old Testament as it gives us a complete story uh, to appreciate the New Testament as we prepare in this season of Advent for truly understanding the depth, the joy, and the gift that is Christmas. So today we continue in Isaiah looking at portions of Scripture that point um, beyond John the Baptist now, beginning to point to the Spirit of God and the work of the Spirit of God that comes through Christ and how that impacts the church and how that impacts each one of us as individuals. Hear now from Isaiah, the 61st chapter, beginning with verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastation and they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Now continuing with verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring in the midst of the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, and they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. 
Loving God, we thank you for your word, the word of the prophet Isaiah that proclaimed that the spirit of the Lord would be upon us. Lord, we invite your presence, we invite your spirit to minister to us as a church and to speak to each one of us as individuals so that we might know our place, our purpose, that we might experience your joy. Be with us, be here this morning and be with your church worldwide. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you just love this time of year? I do. I love singing the Christmas carols. I love the decorated church. I love seeing all of you in red. And it's not even Pentecost Sunday. It, it, it's for me a very joyful time. I woke up this morning thinking, you know, I, I have my Christmas lights on my house and I, I think I need to make an adjustment and add another string or two. I love the fact that um, this year, that the 24th falls on a Sunday. I love that because it means we have two worship services in the morning and we get to do this in the morning and then we have a four o'clock and a six o'clock. I'm so looking forward to the choir and what they bring to us at the six o'clock. But the 4 o'clock will be a mosaic service, a full hour service, and we have a children's time in that service. Christmas Eve is always interesting because there are family members and there are youth and children in church on Christmas Eve. And as Sandy pointed out, the church across the street is not having Christmas Eve services. So invite as many people as you want. There, there will be places to park your car this year. What a joy that is. What I like about children's time is this. In, in, uh, in churches that have children's time regularly, it's a time for the pastor to sit down on a step and have all the kids around you. And, and this is the way it always goes. And, and uh, the, on one occasion, when the pastor was trying to speak about uh, being reliable and being faithful, thought maybe use an illustration of the mailman. Kids all know about the postman or the postwoman. And so the pastor was saying this. There is somebody who's very faithful, very reliable. You can always count on them. And we can learn about what it means when others count on us. For this person comes and in spite of rain and snow and sleet, they come through. Do you know who that is? And one of the kids shouted, Jesus! Because <laughs> kids know that at children's time, in church, with the pastor, that that's usually the answer to all the questions. <laughs> and they want to be first, and they want to share their answers, so they say, Jesus. So if I had all of you at my children's time, and I raised this question, who was the greatest man who ever lived? I would anticipate that your answer might be Jesus. But if I asked that question at Starbucks and a gathering of folks there, if I said, who was the greatest man who ever lived? I might get Alexander the Great, 
Genghis Khan, George Washington. I might get a number of names. But even if I brought it back here and said to you, not counting Jesus, who is God uh, in the form of a man, the incarnate uh, God with us, eliminate Jesus as your um, go-to answer. Who's the greatest person who ever lived? And I'm asking you in the church, you might say, speaking for you, well, that might be Moses. That might be Abraham. But who did Jesus say was the greatest man who ever lived? And you should know this. I've used this in a sermon before. Who did Jesus say? Anybody? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Jesus said John the Baptist. Our scripture lesson in Isaiah points to the future. Again, Isaiah written some 742 to 740 years before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah said, looking into the future, there is one coming who will prepare the way for the Messiah. One coming who will prepare the way with a message to take a, a crooked path and make it straight, straight to God. He pointed to Isaiah, John the Baptist. He pointed to John the Baptist. Today's passage from Isaiah moves beyond that to the Spirit of God being available for all of us. Let's take a step back for a moment and remember the occasion when John the Baptist was preaching and teaching and people were coming to him. Jesus had not yet come into the scene. John is teaching people to turn from their ways that they might take a straight path and understand who God is. He was preaching a very simple message. Repent, confess, change, look to God, a very simple message, and the people were responding. And then along comes Jesus on this one particular day. John, knowing that this is the one that he has been preparing the way for. And Jesus, knowing that moment meant the same thing. And John, reluctant to do the baptism at first, feeling unworthy, but Jesus encouraged him, saying, this must be. And Jesus was baptized. And do you remember what happened? When John baptized Jesus in the river Jordan and lifted him up out of the water, Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God, like a dove, came down from heaven and landed upon Jesus. And there was a voice heard by all, the voice of God, that said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. John brought us a message of repentance. Step one. Jesus brought us that very spirit of God that would be available to us in a new way, through a new covenant. The Spirit of God that brings about in us some very interesting changes, growth, and new understanding. This is the gift of Christmas. 
through the baby Jesus born in a manger that Jesus would give us the spirit of God in a new way that churches and individuals would never be the same that we would begin to hear the voice of God we would begin to read scripture with a new discernment and a new understanding we would be called to minister to those that scripture says, those who are in prison or whose lives are like being in prison, folks held captive to whatever it is that binds them. You are a gift because Christ is in you. And the folks that you share your faith with or live your life in a way that touches them, in that you are sharing a gift. And is this not the season of gift giving? My grandson is traveling with mom and dad uh, this Christmas. They were at our home for Thanksgiving. They won't be with us for Christmas as they will be traveling. So that meant we had to get the gifts in the mail and I had to go to the post office early, which is not a bad thing. And it was fun because my daughter sent us pictures of my grandson with his gift, unopened. He was so delighted that this package was there. And he hugged his package and he played with the package and he was overjoyed with the package, not even knowing what was inside for that in itself was a gift. I read a story about a woman named Harriet who used to give interesting gifts. And many of you do this. And and this is fun this time of year. Harriet would do things like this. She would wrap a a package in really beautiful wrapping. And um, when it was opened, I mean, the package itself was a gift. But when it was opened, there might be a cereal box with either a message on the box or something drawn or painted on the box or in this particular case, there were concert tickets in the cereal box. So people came to know and understand that that Harriet brought um, interesting gifts. Uh, She would do things like get a coffee can and decorate the coffee can and people would open it up and they would think, how nice, that coffee can that's... Uh, used for a Christmas decoration, very nice. And then they'd open the coffee can and find the jewelry or whatever, whatever the real gift was. This time of year, we understand the story. The star shone. And the shepherds came. The angels proclaimed. And in that stable, a baby was born. The wise men came from the east. And they brought gifts that represented various parts of what Jesus' life would be like. And that's a story for weeks to come. But in the gift giving, we see the story. And this year, I push you to look beyond 
Step one. John the Baptist proclaimed that the gift was coming. Step two. The Spirit of God became the gift. For all of you understand that beyond the gift-giving, beyond the joy of the season, there is the Spirit of God within you that calls you, because Christ is in you, to be the gift for others. So often you hear, even in church, that in this busy season, that things are so busy that we need to take time for Jesus. I want to shift that a little bit. I want us instead to look at all that is about us, the trappings of the season, and say it's a birthday party for Jesus. It's a party that we can celebrate. It's a party that within the party, there is the opportunity to share Christ. Like Harriet's package, inside was the real present with the lights and the tinsel and the garland, inside is the opportunity to share the love of God and the gift of Christmas, which is the very Spirit of Christ. I have on my house lights. I shared with the folks at the church service last night, at the Sabbath service, that that I have fun with lights. I have lights on my house, and I have music playing, and I have some of the lights that go on with the melody of the music, and some of the lights that go on with the bass. And I was telling Rob all this. I said, Rob, here's what I've done to my house. And he said, well, of course you have. <laughs> so I told them last night, let's enjoy the season Let's enjoy the trappings because the gift is an opportunity within. And then uh, Debbie and Hannah have been on a mission trip to Mexico through Hannah's school. Megan and I were home alone, and so I talked to Megan after the service, and she said, Dad, go pick up something for dinner because it was just the two of us. So after the service, I went and went to a restaurant, ordered some food, picked it up, brought it home. All that took a while. And what I didn't know is that people at the Sabbath service drove to my house to see my lights, and they weren't even plugged in. <laughs> I will endeavor to plug them in earlier. So, and my address is in the directory if anybody wants to come and see my light. Enjoy the season. We're running out of days. Instead of being anxious, say, I have this morning, many more days to celebrate the lights, the gifts, the Spirit of God. Our passage said today that instead of ashes, there would be garlands. Garland is in our church as we decorate. Instead of mourning, we look with joy at the gift of God. In the days remaining, make the most of it. Enjoy each moment. Invite your friends. Bring them to the 6 o'clock service to hear the choir. Or say, come to 4 o'clock. We're going to have a children's time. Amen.